Make sure you're subscribed to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Type The Word of the Lord Endures Forever in your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. Did you catch it? We This is the moment when the author of Acts steps personally into the story. And pretty much from this point on, Dr. Luke, the beloved physician, will narrate what he himself experienced on his journeys with St. Paul. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Acts. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Last time, we heard about how Paul and his new travel companion, Silas, came back to areas where he'd visited before, specifically Derby and Lystra, where he had been stoned and left for dead. There, he met a new disciple, a young man named Timothy. His mother and grandmother were Jewish Christians, his father a Greek. So Timothy was uncircumcised. Even though Paul and Silas were delivering the decision of the council at Jerusalem, Paul takes Timothy and circumcises him. He does this not under compulsion, but to win a better hearing for Timothy's ministry among the Jews, who in that area all knew his father was actually Greek, not Jewish. This showed us how utterly free St. Paul was in the gospel of Christ. What he never consent to under duress, he'd freely do, in order to further the spread of the gospel itself. As St. John Chrysostom pointed out, he practiced circumcision that the Jews might learn to know that circumcision adds nothing to Jesus. Far from being an innovator in regards to the faith, Paul faithfully handed on what the apostles and elders had decided at the council. The churches throughout the region were thus strengthened in the holy faith, and God granted them daily growth as more and more heeded and heard and believed the word. A reading from Acts, the 16th chapter, beginning at the sixth verse. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go through Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city some days, and on the Sabbath day 
we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her whole household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Acts 16, verses 6 through 15. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have called your church to witness that in Christ you have reconciled us to yourself. Grant that by your Holy Spirit we may proclaim the good news of your salvation, so that all who hear it may receive the gift of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to dig into today's passage? Let's do it. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, for now, it is three men who are traveling together, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They're passing through the center of the Anatolian Peninsula, what we call today Turkey, Phrygia and Galatia and the Roman province of Asia toward the center and west of present-day Turkey, and Mysia and Bithynia to the west and north. But what they find at every point is a message from the Holy Spirit. Stop! Don't go there! While it is the will of Jesus that his gospel be proclaimed to all nations— there is such a thing as the right time for the gospel to reach a certain place from certain preachers. And if there is a right time, well, then I guess that must mean there's also a wrong time. We're not given the first hint about why it was the wrong time for the gospel to arrive in those lands, and we have no clear idea about how this was communicated to Paul and company, but they clearly received the message as divinely directed. Not there, not now, or maybe better, not yet. And so, with doors to share the gospel slammed shut in their faces time and again, and I would imagine more than a little befuddled, the Spirit led them on westward till they arrived at the northwest coast facing toward Europe. Verse 8. So, by passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Troas was a great port just south of the Bosphorus, and it was there that things became clear to Paul. What had Joel prophesied? Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So, in a dream, a vision of the night, the Holy Spirit gave Paul clear direction at last. A man of Macedonia, across the Aegean Sea, was calling for help. From Asia, the gospel would wash ashore then to Europe and begin a mighty work there that would last for century upon century. Verse 10. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Did you catch it? We! 
This is the moment when the author of Acts steps personally into the story. And pretty much from this point on, Dr. Luke, the beloved physician, will narrate what he himself experienced on his journeys with St. Paul. So the we here is now Luke, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Luke clearly stays in the background, but you learn from called us to preach the gospel that those who are support to the preachers in their work in any way are actually sharing in the preaching of the gospel. And I wonder if Luke were already beginning to ponder how he might put together the whole story from the get-go so that folks would have a certain record of the miraculous things accomplished in those days. Verse 11. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. Samothrace is an island in the northern Aegean, and Neapolis on the coast of Macedonia served as the port city for the great city of Philippi about eight miles further inland. Philippi, named after Philip II of Macedon, actually named by himself after himself, the father of Alexander the Great, it had been granted the city of being a Roman colony after having been conquered by the Romans. That meant it was governed by Roman municipal law and ruled by the Roman military. Having arrived at Philippi, Paul and crew stayed put for several days. They were clearly waiting for the Sabbath, to see if they might find any Jewish believers. This suggests, by the way, that there was likely no synagogue in the town, hence only a small Jewish population would be there, if any at all. Verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. No mention of any Jewish men, but only some women, who came apart on the Sabbath day for prayer to the true and living God. Perhaps someone sang a psalm or two. Someone else might have offered a prayer. Maybe they had a copy of some of the scriptures, either in Greek or in Hebrew, to read. We're just not sure. Still, something had led them to realize that these were people of the word gathered here, and so Paul and his companions join them and speak to those gathered together. Verse 14. One of those who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Okay, I have a granddaughter named Lydia, one of my 13 living grandchildren, and each one is very precious, including one who's currently now in utero. And you'll never guess what Lydia's favorite color is. Ha! Purple, of course. She'd have no doubt gotten along famously with her ancient namesake here. Lydia was not a native of Philippi. Lydia came from Thyatira, back across the Aegean in Asia Minor, one of the cities that John would later be instructed to write to in Revelation 2, verse 18 and following. She had been brought to Philippi by her business ventures. She was a seller of purple goods. Purple was hard to make in those days, and it was highly valued. She thus was a wealthy businesswoman, but far more importantly, she was a worshiper of God. She attended to his word. Maybe she had even bought the scrolls or books around which her fellow worshipers, all women apparently, had gathered. 
But did you notice that it was not she who opened her heart to the preaching of Paul? It was the Lord who opened her heart. The Lutheran confessions cite this very passage to drive the point home. Quote, Reason and free will are able to live an outwardly decent life to a certain extent, but only the Holy Spirit causes a person to be born anew and to have inwardly another heart, mind, and natural desires. He opens the mind and the heart to understand the scriptures. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit did for Lydia. He opened her heart, and she believed the good news that Paul and Silas and Timothy proclaimed to her. She believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Lydia apparently wasn't the only member of her household there hearing the preaching. Perhaps she had some children with her and some domestic servants. They all welcomed the gift of baptism. And then we see Lydia's faith working love right away. She insists and will brook on no resistance that these men who had brought her household this great joy must come and be her guests at her house. Thus, Lydia's house becomes their base of operations in Philippi. That's where we're going to take our hiatus for today. Next up, we'll hear about what happened when Paul and Silas are tossed into prison after being beaten. It all happened because of an annoying enslaved woman who made money for her owners by fortune-telling. She kept following after them for days, shouting out that they were servants of the Most High God and proclaiming the way of salvation. Perhaps she shouted in a mockery? Paul, finally fed up, ordered the demon out which meant that her owners lost their means of gain and got royally ticked off. They accused Paul and company to the crowd of advocating customs not lawful for us Romans to follow. So they got to spend the night in the slammer. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.